Hey, Anna, remember that time Mario was almost Popeye the Sailor Man? historical podcast. I'm your host, Anna Webb. And I'm your host, Amanda Webb. This is a podcast where two sisters totally geek out about all of their favorite moments in history. And this week, we are going to be talking about Nintendo. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry. I'm eating a gummy. <laughs> I was so hungry right before we started recording. Like my stomach was making an absurd amount of noise. So I had to get something in my stomach. It's fine. I'm very excited about this because Me I too. find Nintendo to be fascinating. This might be kind of a short one, but I'm like totally fine with it because I love them and I think they're really interesting. It's definitely an interesting company. I think a lot of people don't know. Like the Nintendo that we know now is not, <laughs> not, not how it started in any way, no, shape, or No, and form. we're going to talk a lot about that. Yeah. But would you like a drink update before we of do? Of course. Today, I'm having aloe juice. Ooh. It's like my favorite beverage. I think I've talked about it before. I went to the drugstore for, I think, the first time since, like, the beginning of quarantine. And it the it's, like, the only place I can find this stuff. Mm. So I bought a few. <laughs> I'm drinking water, mm-hmm. which you can find from your kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not a drugstore exclusive in this house. No. Though you can find it at a drugstore. Yes. But why would I spend money when I can get it from my kitchen sink? We get it. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm saying that to me, to myself. <laughs> we get it, Amanda. Okay. You're drinking water. <laughs> All right. Well, are you ready to get started talking so about ready. Nintendo? All right. So ready. Uh, I'll say in advance, obviously, there's going to be a lot of Japanese names. I have heard most of them said. I believe I am saying most of them correctly. I apologize if I am not. <laughs> Just Great. get that right out the gate. Yep. So, Nintendo is founded in Kyoto, Japan on September 23rd, 1889 by Fusajiro Yamauchi. 1889. <laughs> I know. This is a video game company. Well, it is now. It is it now. Wasn't then. Isn't that so wild to yeah, think about? It's so weird. It's an old company. It is. So, when the company is founded, they produce Hanafuda or flower cards. And these are playing cards that were originally hand painted onto tree bark. So cool. Mm-hmm. Um, the word Nintendo apparently roughly translates to leave luck to heaven. There's not really hmm. any hard and fast thing that says that's like actually what it translates to, but that was a common phrase in games of chance and like card games. And so oh, sure. that's why it is believed that that was the name of the company. Interesting. Yeah. Um, because all of the ha- cards are handmade. And they quickly gain popularity. Yamauchi has to start hiring assistants to help him produce the cards pretty early on Mm -hmm. in the company's history. In 1929, Yamauchi's son-in-law, Sekiro, Sekirio Kanadia, I don't know. That's one I don't know as well. well, (laughs) um, Takes over as president of the company. 
1993, the company is renamed Yamauchi Nintendo and Company. In 1947, Sekiro establishes a distribution company, which makes it way easier for them to put out more and more cards. Sure. And it gives them a better handle on the market, because now they don't have to take their cards to a different uh, distributor. They just do it themselves through their own company that they Mm -hmm. already own. So this is very interesting to me. One, okay. one reason the card company becomes as popular as it does is because the Yakuza use Hanafuda cards in their casinos. What? Yeah. So, like, a huge portion of their sales are because of the Yakuza. Do you want to explain a little bit what that is? The Yakuza, yeah, it's basically like the uh, Japanese mafia, more or less. Yeah. It's sort of the best way I can describe it. Um, I'm going to make an office reference. Okay. (laughs) I think Dwight says it. I'm sure Dwight says it. I can't remember what they're talking about, but he goes, say you are a member of, and you know how every time Dwight says something um, in Japanese, he tries to say it like yes, he yeah. like he speaks the language. So he's like, "Say you are a member of the yakuza." And so every <laughs> time I hear the word, I hear his voice saying, saying it in it. my head. Yeah, I I read somewhere, and I have no idea if this is true. I didn't look into it. That the word yakuza, yaku and za, are um, words for numbers, and because they played cards, and the mm. casino was a base of their. Um, organization that that's where the name comes from i don't know if that's true but i read that on one of the articles that i was reading and i thought it was really interesting very interesting yes i'd be interested to learn more about their history same versus like the history of the mafia in america yeah yeah same it's very yeah and the yakuza is much older they're like a 17th century yes um organized crime unit but the mafia in america also had casinos were a massive part of their business yes yes this is not what this episode is about i just uh now i'm interested so yeah yeah (laughs) sorry i didn't mean to derail us well and another really interesting thing that we'll talk about more a little later is that the more of their business that comes from the yakuza the less like people want to play cards because it gets sure associated like playing cards at home gets associated with like gambling and crime so they lose more like domestic business because of how much of their business comes from the yakuza that makes sense very interesting to me in 1949 sekiro's grandson grandson hiroshi yamauchi becomes the president of nintendo so he is the he is the great grandson of the yamauchi that founded the company Mm -hmm. yeah so every time I'm talking about Yamauchi now, it's going to be him, not the original. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. In 1951, Yamauchi renames the company the Nintendo Playing Card Company. And I I feel like I read somewhere that that's when the company got, like, formalized. But I don't know. It was founded so early that, like, I'm not totally sure. That, that what do you would, mean by formalized? I don't like- know. That detail wasn't clear to me. Because I don't know what the name of the company was outside of just Nintendo before they were named the Nintendo Playing Card You mean like they may have like gotten a patent at that point or something? Or something like that. I'm not sure. In 1953, Nintendo becomes the first company in Japan to produce playing cards made of plastic. Huh. Isn't that 
that interesting? That's interesting. I knew they made cards. Mm-hmm. Like, I knew that was how they started, but I didn't know that. Because they weren't the only people making playing cards. Right. But because they were, like... Hand-painted. And, and, and so popular and the exact type of cards that, like, the Yakuza used, that right. that's... They, they were just... I guess had sort of a monopoly, not a total monopoly. I well, don't know. they were just probably in the best position to innovate. Yeah, changes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? For sure. Yes. In 1959, Yamauchi makes a deal with Disney to produce playing cards with Disney characters on them. I knew that. Because this is when they were trying to get back into getting cards back into people's homes because they weren't making enough money on, like, just those sales. Well, sure. Yeah. So they they paired with Disney and started putting out, like, little, like, booklets with, like, how to play card games with Disney I've characters in them. Yeah. yeah. It's so cool. Yeah, I love it. So that they could get back into the, like, family-friendly be- They could be, a, like, a household, a household name. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here, this here we go. <laughs> this <laughs> okay. is when things start getting wild for Let's Nintendo. Kick off, okay. In 1963, Yamauchi renames the company the, just to the Nintendo Company, so mm-hmm. they drop the extra name because they're starting to branch out and experiment in new ventures outside of just making cards. Because they're making money on making cards, but they're not really making enough money to like continue being a company (laughs) for for the long term i mean it's not the most lucrative business no because like other people who are making playing cards were also making like toys and board games and things like that and it's like how many like how many playing cards do you need you know what i mean like it's not like something people i mean i guess some people collect them but well if you're trying to branch into household like like we want people who are just normal people to buy them they're really only gonna buy like what, a pack every few years or something? Originally, Maybe? every new game required a different set of playing cards. Sure, but at so, this point, they're yeah. not making money that way anymore. No, no. But it wasn't just like you would buy a pack like we know it today and use that no, for every card that. game. Yeah. I'm say I'm just saying like at this point in their history, it's not lucrative. Yes, no, it's yeah. not. So between 1963 and 1968, Nintendo would attempt to run a taxi company, which fails because it's too expensive to keep up with, like, union dues or something like that. A food company. They sell, like, rice and instant ramen. Mm Mm-hmm. And then a love hotel chain, which is exactly <laughs> well, I mean, what it sounds, what it sounds like. like. It's yeah. exactly what it sounds like. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but none of those ventures are successful. They end up having to, they end up <laughs> failing on all of them. <laughs> Can you imagine if <laughs> the love hotel chain had kicked off and like, that's what we knew in Nintendo for now Oof. like what a difference that would have made the world would be a different place first entirely. of all they wouldn't still be around they no. wouldn't still be around no. but that's so funny homeboy was just trying to make some money i mean hey mm-hmm. you gotta do what you gotta do in 1966 nintendo has uh successfully started breaking into the toy market so like we were saying before a lot of people who also made playing cards made toys and board games so they had a really easy end into that market mm-hmm. so Yamauchi had visited one of the company's Hanafuda production factories and he noticed an extending arm tool 
that one of the engineers, the maintenance engineers had made. His name was Gunpei uh, Yokoi. Mm-hmm. And he asks Yokoi to develop the arm into a toy. And it's released as the Ultra Hand. Hmm. So it's literally just like, you know, those little like one zigzag. One of those things. Yeah, those little zigzag oh, arms yeah, yeah, yeah. that you pinch together to grab things. Yeah. That was his invention. Um, and when they release it, it sells over a million units. So wow. it, it sticks them right into the toy production business. Game. Yeah. They're yeah. in the game. They're in the game. Uh, after this success, Yokoi moves from maintenance into product development, and uh, Nintendo starts successfully developing more and more toys. So they also release the Ultra Machine, which is that little baseball thrower thing. So it's like the stick with all the white baseballs in it, and it throws baseballs, and then you hit the baseballs. Oh. Like a little t-ball throwing machine. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. That's them. Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. If you look it up, you can see pictures of it, the Ultra Machine. Okay. Um, they release a love tester, which is literally just like a little electronic. You both you put, put your, your hands, hands on, on it. it. Yeah. Like um, in that episode of Bob's Burgers, he's yes. looking for it. But not a machine, like a little handheld one. Yeah. Oh, I've seen them. They yes. still They still make them. Yeah. Like, not Nintendo specifically, but like. Yeah. Um, and they also start making light gun games. So light guns were just like those little... Like, you see in an arcade, it would plug into, like, a computer game or something, and it uses light sensors to... The laser. Yeah, a little, do a little laser. Like a laser thing. tag sort of... Kind of. Technology. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in theory, I guess. Yeah. As well as as well as well you and I understand. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, I know nothing about any of that, Same. to be perfectly clear. Same. Um, so their production of light gun games helps them start to break into the new video game market. That's starting to emerge around mm-hmm. this time. In 1972, they develop a light gun accessory for the Magnavox Odyssey, which was the first commercially available video game console. Yeah. So it would be a, a like a controller. It would plug in for certain games and you would use it right. as a controller. Um, in 1974, they received the rights to distribute the Ma- Magnavox Odyssey. Oh, so to they saw the game system. Yes, so they didn't okay. create it, but they get the rights to distribute it. Okay. Um, and in 1975, they start producing arcade games. And one way they broke into that market was because of those light guns, because so many of those games yeah. came with like that type of technology. I love arcade games. Same. I prefer. I love. I love. I like video games, but man, I just. I'm. A, better at arcade games, <laughs> and B, I just really enjoy them. The controls on arcade games are much simpler. Well, yeah, that's why I'm better at them. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm very bad at video games. <laughs> Even easy ones. Ask Amanda. I'm not easy to play video games with because I'm just bad at video games. You, you and me and um, Mario on the Wii, that's what we got. That's what we can play. Or Lego games on the Wii. Yes, Lego games on the Wii. Even then, we sometimes really mess those up. <laughs> So in 1977, they begin producing their own home video game console, which is the Color TV game. Very simply named. <laughs> yes. Um, and this was the first product that Shigeru Miyamoto works on. Okay. And that dude <laughs> does everything. Yeah. We're going to talk about Miyamoto a lot. In 1979, they begin producing an arcade game called Radar Scope. 
Mm-hmm. We are going to come back to radar, okay. radar scope in a minute. I okay. just wanted to mention that that's when they start making it. It gets okay. really popular in Japan. It's like the the arcade game that they make that breaks them into the market as being like a name. Oh, I see. Okay. In Japan. In 1980, Nintendo releases their first handheld video game, uh, which was developed by Yokoi, and it's called The Game and Watch. <laughs> um, I like that name. Yes, they're the best. <laughs> He thought of the idea because he watched somebody on a, like, on a bullet train playing on their calculator just, like, to pass time. Oh. And he came up with the idea of using that same type of screen display yeah, that to sense. make really simple games with just, like, a handful of buttons. Yeah, that makes sense because that's what the original Game Boy looked like, basically. Mm-hmm. Just looks and like you were holding a calculator. Each Game & Watch holds, like, just a single game. Right. Because they didn't like, have the 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 game was tied into the machinery of the right. con- of the device, like hit clips. Except for video games, you guys remember hit clips? Probably not. All of the people who listen to this probably don't remember hit clips. <laughs> um, something I found really interesting was that a lot of their toys that they developed translated into these really simple like game and watch games so there were ones that you you used a little extending arm or you know yes or a little like digital love tester or whatever like a little baseball game yeah 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 they they translated really easily sure so in that same year nintendo decides that they want to try to break into the american market they start by shipping over three hundred thousand cabinets of radar scope to america Wow. To get sold. So Nintendo of America is only able to sell about 100,000 of those cabinets. So only a third of what they ship to America. Wow. So Yamauchi tasks Yokoi and Miyamoto to convert the remaining cabinets into a new game. Okay. So Yamauchi wants to develop a Popeye-themed game because this was the same year that uh, the Popeye movie with Robin Williams oh, yeah, came yeah. out. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I just got a mental picture of him as, oh, man, in that yeah, yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was not, it was not great. <laughs> it was not great. I love Robin Williams more than almost anything ever. I love him so much, but it was not. It was no, not. No. Not, um... Not one of his best. <laughs> um, but because of his popularity, he thinks, oh, this would be an easy way to get these out there. Um, but he's not able to secure the rights to Popeye. Okay. So Miyamoto had already started developing, like, the concepts for this game. So he just changes the characters in the settings uh-huh. based on Popeye. So Olive Oil becomes Pauline. Uh-huh. Bluto becomes an ape that would become Donkey Kong. Yep. And Popeye becomes a carpenter who would, uh, was originally known as Jumpman and would later be named Mario. There you go. So that's how Donkey Kong was created. I did not know that Donkey Kong was based on Popeye until I was doing this I didn't, I don't research. I think I knew that either. I mean, I knew, of course, that like Mario, Mario came was- from the Donkey Kong games. Yeah. I knew all of that. But yeah, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. It was originally supposed to be a Popeye game, and they changed it over. Mm -hmm. That's cool. So they had to hand convert the remaining radar scope cabinets into Donkey Kong machines. That's so interesting. I cannot even imagine what that process is like. They just had some sort of, like, little kit, and a small team of people just went in and converted the 
technology. Another um, skill I could never possibly have. <laughs> yep. Okay. Uh, and they released Donkey Kong in 1981, and it gets super popular and mm-hmm. becomes the face of Nintendo, at the very least in America, for a really long time. Like, he is their mascot. And apparently, I didn't put this in here originally, but I think it's interesting. They got into some legal issues with King Kong. Oh, yes. I think I knew that. I but think there I had heard that before. But there was this whole lawsuit with the creators of King Kong, but the people who made the King Kong movie had just a couple years before proven to the court that King Kong was um, public domain because they were trying to remake another King Kong movie and argued that the character oh. was public domain. So the case so there with was Nintendo, the case with Nintendo gets thrown out because there's it, precedent that it's, yeah, it's yeah, a different character domain. and it's public domain. So it was like, yeah, I just thought that was very interesting. I had heard like that that was a thing, but I mm-hmm. didn't really know like any details of it. So mm-hmm. that's interesting. All right, so in 1983, Nintendo releases a new cartridge-based home video game console called the Family Computer or the Famicom. Yes, mm-hmm. the Famicom. Mm-hmm. Uh, in that same year, the American video game market had crashed because there were just like too many systems competing with each other and none of them were like powerful enough to be worth the money Sure. to play the games. Uh, So when Nintendo decides they want to release the Famicom in the U.S., they attempt to sell it with a toy along with the console so that they can try to, like, hide that it's a video game console and be like, here's also a toy. Oh, I see. To distract from the fact that the video game market was so low and that people weren't interested in home video game consoles in America. So in 1985, they release a new, it's just like a slightly updated version of the Famicom, which they call the Nintendo Entertainment System, or the NES. Yes, of course, the uh, NES. To the American market. And they release the system with Rob. Do you remember Rob? I mean, I wasn't alive then, but yes, I've seen and know of Rob. Rob was a little robot accessory for the NES, and he, like, played games like, with you on the NES? Like, like Clippy, but for video games. But for video games, but he was, like, an actual physical robot. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, it, it didn't really work the way they thought it was going to. <laughs> no. They, like, they really thought the, like, hide it with a toy was going to work out for them. It really didn't. But they end up breaking the market anyway, and, like, it, it works out, and the NES gets really po- popular. Part of that is because of... Miyamoto's new game that he releases for the NES called Super Mario Brothers. Super Mario Brothers! Oh, the best. Wee! Uh, That's what they say on the Wii. <laughs> they go, wee! Um, and it became the best selling video game for 18 years. I mean, it's an incredible video it's game. The best! It's like the quintessential video game. Yes. He also creates the legend of zelda miyamoto yes. also makes the legend of zelda which releases in 18 or 1986 gosh wow i love i do that every I time i love zelda same yeah you really like zelda it's my favorite um but the thing i find so interesting about that is that 
those two games are so different and revolutionary in their own right. Like oh, Mario yeah. was that side what like the first like really perfected form of that side scrolling game. Uh-huh. And Legend of Zelda was huge. There was so much stuff in that game. It was a massive world to be yes. able to fit on a cartridge, on an 8-bit cartridge. It's very impressive. And they're both Miyamoto games. God bless him. Genius. He's the best. In 1989, Nintendo releases Yokoi's new invention, the Game Boy. Oh, I loved the Game Boy. I never had, like, one of the original Game Boys, but I want, oh, I wanted one so bad. They're so and cool. Then, and then we got the, like, Advance. Yeah, we'll I talk about it. Those, yeah, but, yeah. Um, but I never had the original one, but I used to play other people's at the daycare that we went to all the time, because inevitably a bunch of kids had them. So mm-hmm. I used to play on that all the time. So the concept of the Game Boy came from combining the idea of the Game & Watch of having a handheld game with a very simple, like, display, and also having changeable cartridges so that you could buy games to put into the Game Boy instead of buying a new Game & Watch every time you wanted to play a new game. Mm-hmm. The Game Boy launches with Tetris. Iconic. And that's huge. Yeah. <laughs> Changes the game for both of them. Yeah. Um, new Mario and Zelda titles are also released for the Game Boy, and a new game that is not developed in-house at Nintendo, it's one of their third-party games, uh, Kirby's Dream Land. Oh, of course. Which has become a Nintendo staple yeah. since its release. Also, fun fact, Kirby is named after the lawyer who uh, defended them in the lawsuit. The Donkey with- Kong case? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yep, it's named after him. That's awesome. In 1990, they released the Super Famicom in Japan and the Super NES in America the next year. Uh, Around the same time, Sega has released their own console, the Genesis. Mm -hmm. And this starts the console wars of the early 1990s, which people people still, like, ask, were you a a Sega kid or a Nintendo kid? Oh, yeah. It was a huge thing. I mean, for the record, I was a Nintendo kid. Obviously. I didn't, I didn't have, like, the gaming system, but, you know, friends had them. Yeah. Um, and we all had, like, everybody my age had, who had a gaming system, had a Nintendo gaming system. Mm-hmm. And we had one at, at the daycare that we went to yes, as well. We like, there was one that we there was a There played. was a Super Nintendo. Yes. I got extremely good at Street Fighter on the yes, you Super did. Nintendo. Just yes, FYI. Um still good at it oh so this is interesting um the the whole console war thing really boils down to in this case and as we continue to go on through the rest of these um it came down to the whole like cool serious gamers versus like a family friendly thing because nintendo has always been very family friendly and and well it wasn't about like nintendo wasn't about like getting good at video games no it was about, like, having fun playing games. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so when the Genesis came out and they made, and Sonic became Sega's, like, known character, he was, like, a cool 90s kid. <laughs> and that, like, really spurred on I remember. I was also a 90s kid. Yes. So not a cool one. But. <laughs> <laughs> um, and when Mortal Kombat got ported to both systems, mm-hmm. um. Nintendo took out a bunch of the blood and gore. Right. 
and that people hated that. It's and not so their they brand, though. no, so they went to Genesis so they could experience that game like the way that it was on the arcade. Yeah, whatever. I, I just, I found that as, I watched a really interesting documentary about the history of of uh, Nintendo when I was doing my research for this, and that was like a whole portion yeah. of it was talking about that. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. I guess I never thought about it that way before, but I mean, it makes perfect sense. I mean, I never played anything super gory on the Nintendo. Mm-hmm. Even Street Fighter just had like flecks of blood sometimes. Yep. <laughs> yep. Like there was not really much which i preferred yeah so same i guess yeah. that makes sense mm-hmm. and this is a theme that will come up again and again and again and again as right. they start competing with other um sure. companies so nintendo starts developing a cd-rom adapter and a new console that will be dual like cd-rom and uh cap um cartridge uh mm. they start developing this with sony and it was going to be called the Nintendo PlayStation. Of course. But the deal falls through because Nintendo realizes that Sony will get all the money from the CDs. They're really just in it for the um, console. And so they'll get way more money out of this deal. And Nintendo's like, nah, <laughs> gets out of that deal. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, Nintendo instead partners with Philips... And they end up never making a CD-ROM adapter, but they release some of their titles on Philips CDI console, and they're garbage. (laughs) (laughs) Those two Zelda games, the Wand of Gamelon and the other one, are the worst things I've ever seen, and I love them so much. You know, they don't operate as well. They're so bad. It's so bad. They're so bad. I love them so much. Yeah. I will never get tired of those games. (laughs) In 1994, Nintendo buys a 49% stake in the developer Rareware, or just Rare. That is difficult to say. (laughs) Most people just call it Rare. Rareware? Yeah. Um, They release Donkey Kong Country. Which was a 3D rendered game. It was a platformer, but it was 3D rendered animation that they made 2D so you could play it as a platformer. Right. So to us, it looks like garbage. Not beautiful. But it was hugely advanced then. Like that all just makes my brain kind of feel melty. The way they- I don't get how any of that works. They render the 3D animation and then make it two-dimensional. Yeah, I just, like, I can't wrap my mind around- I know. The mechanics of that. Because I just don't have a brain wired for that sort of thing. So everything that they create, I'm like, whoa, how did they do that? But that was, like, hugely impressive. And it sort of brought Donkey Kong back into the the fold. Mainstream. Yeah. Yeah. This- is fascinating to me. Yeah. This little bit. I I actually just, I'm sorry, I'm reading ahead in your notes. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. And then I'll tell my thing. Okay. In 1995, Nintendo releases the Virtual Boy. It's a terrible. It's a terrible name. <laughs> sorry. Which is a virtual reality console developed by Yokoi. In 1995, they tried to release a VR console. Mm-hmm. Um. It was terrible. The technology was not there yet. It didn't even survive in the market a year. And it was because it was like, 
the the technology to make you act, make it seem like virtual reality, which I can't explain, but it was not there yet, and yeah. it was all in red. The color, yes. the visuals were in red. So I was recently watching. I like to watch those like top ten whatever videos on YouTube from like Miss Mojo or whatever. Yeah. Um, and there was one that was like top ten like failed products, and this was one of them. Oh, like, this was a couple bad. days ago. And I had I like had not really thought about it in a long time because like I-, I was three when this came out, so it, like wasn't really it wasn't big. It's not like it's not like like I knew about the PlayStation my whole life, but I never I didn't really know about this. But no, I, because like, it was on the market for a year. But I like knew that it existed. Uh-huh. I had never like really seen it before. Have you seen it? Yeah, it's <laughs> terrible. It's buck wild. You're supposed to like. Put your eyes onto this, like, it's like this standing thing. Just Google it. Like, Google the, the virtual, virtual boy. boy. It's so weird. And it was like, when you looked through it, it was like... Red. It looks like it's red, and it's like 3D, but it's still 8-bit. And it's like, I I cannot imagine... it. Buck Wild, the yeah. virtual boy, and the worst name ever. <laughs> I can't deal. I think that it's amazing that they were ar- trying to develop virtual reality. It's extremely so early. cool, yeah. But it was awful. But uh, Yokoi um, didn't want to put it into market yet. But they like kind of uh, Yamauchi kind of pushed it, and it was terrible. It did so. Yeah. It did well, so bad. And I can imagine like, uh, it would make people sick it would certainly make me that's what it was like people were saying it was giving them headaches and it it, like they couldn't play on it yeah and it's like this standing contraption yeah so you have to like put it on something and then lean into it because your eyes go into like like now they wear like a strapped on virtual reality Mm -hmm. thing but this was like a standing mechanism that you just like put your eyes into and then you held the controller so it's not like you could play it wherever you had to like sit like yeah (laughs) Yeah, real weird it's not it was not convenient (laughs) really bad um yukoi retires from nintendo shortly after the release of the virtual boy and he was st- supposed to stay on as, like, a consultant, but he dies in a car accident in 1997. Sad. So they never got to have him on for any longer That's than that. That's so sad. He's it's very sad. Yeah, he was. He was. In 1996, Nintendo releases their new console, the Nintendo 64. Oh, the best. The N64 was the best. <laughs> anyway. The uh, market was moving towards CD games over cartridges yes. because that year the Sega Saturn and the PlayStation both launched using exclusively CD games because mm-hmm. they had way more storage and more capabilities. Yeah, but and Nintendo, PC games were starting to get more popular. Yeah, too. yeah, yeah. But Nintendo uh, was concerned about the potential to burn games onto CD and pirate them. Oh, so well, they, I mean, that's what people did. Yeah. <laughs> yes, so they were reluctant to get into the market. And also, Fair. they had huge control over the cartridge market and were, like, hugely totally. successful in it. So they, like, everybody else was, like, rushing to get into CD, to CD games. And this is when Sega stops producing consoles because right. they lose so much money on this because they rushed into it. They continue to be a game developer, but they don't make consoles anymore. Right. Um. But Nintendo, like, as they always, always, always do, just takes their time, and they're like, we'll get there when we get there. 
Um, and it also helped, so they were concerned that it wasn't going to be as successful because of the CD market. But the releases on the N64, Miyamoto puts out Super Mario 64 mm-hmm. and Ocarina of Time. The best Zelda again, game. The again. best Zelda game. Two of the best video games. Like, these two games yeah. changed the game. Super Mario 64 took Mario from a, a side-scroller to an open world. Yes. And it was densely packed like yeah. every level had so much stuff you could do super mario and 64 was so fun miyamoto wanted to do more with 60 with super mario 64 so like level concepts for that got put into ocarina of time oh right okay so the that open world concept for games like this was like it was huge ocarina of time huge. is my favorite zelda game it's my favorite zelda game it's also. so good it's so good um Mario Kart and Mario Party also both released for the the N64. I am so bad at Mario Kart. Amanda's really good at it. I'm I'm very good at Mario Kart. Terrible at it. I'm very good at Mario Kart. Um, But, like, this, they were so, other people were so sure that Nintendo's next release was going to be nothing because everybody was moving towards CDs. And then they put out, like, four of the best video games. Well, the games were just so much more detailed and flushed out and more interesting they, they held so your attention yeah they were into the games over into the the market and the the yeah. consoles yeah and it's because and it's because like things like sony and later microsoft when xbox comes in were not primarily video game creators they were electronic right. companies who right. were losing money on the video game market when they True. jumped in well, and and again, the whole CD thing plays into it too because the cartridges were like valuable. Like you wanted mm-hmm. to get your hands on it because that was the only place you could get it was through, through you know Nintendo or like the game sellers. Whereas with the CD, it was like you could just get it what because people did burn them. They burned them uh-huh. all the time, and people sold them secondhand all the time and like upcharged you for them, and you weren't gonna like mm-hmm. pay more. You know what I mean? So it was just more valuable. Yeah. Yeah. So in 1998, Nintendo releases the Game Boy Color. Oh, that was oh the Game Boy Color was <laughs> popping. I mean, okay, that was the year you were born, so you probably weren't as hype into it. But this was like that was the year that I started at the daycare, and that was like one of the first times I was really around like other kids besides just like kids I went to school with. Mm-hmm. So it was like kids of different ages and stuff, and the older kids like got Game Boy Colors, and they were. Oh, I was so hype for the Game Boy Color. And I was always sad I didn't own one. Because it looked dope in color. Yeah, they're cool. And the, the like, game, like, the Game the Boy. The purple case. Yes, and the, the clear yeah. purple. Like, yeah, it's it was so such cool. A, it was such a vibe to have, like, the clear. Yeah. Because, like. That late 90s vibe. Yeah, and, like, the I always wanted one of the, like, clear phones that you could see the wires through it, and I think it just gave me the same, like, aesthetic, and I just wanted one so bad. Anyway. (laughs) In 2001, they released the Game Boy Advance. Which Which I did have. You had a a Game Boy Advance, because that was my experience of playing handheld games was on your Advance. That terrible... Harry Potter game that was impossible to beat. It was really hard. And that Larry Boy game, I oh, remember yeah. distinctly. You liked that one a lot. I, I got yeah. very good at it. The Harry Potter one was infuriating. I fully couldn't get past the first level. On I would Harry pay. One. I I would play that every single day. I remember for like 
a long time and I don't I did not get far. It was so hard. So also in 2001, they release the GameCube. Oh yeah. Which is their first console to use disc games. Yes. Cuz at this point developers are developing for disc games, so it's like time to move on. It was large. Mm-hmm. I remember it. Well, it actually wasn't. It was very small compared to the other disc consoles on the market. Because this was PlayStation 2, I think, and the the first Xbox both came out at the same uh, time. Oh, yeah, that's right. And they were like... <laughs> Xbox was massive. They were like DVD players, online gaming, and yeah. the GameCube was like, it's got a handle. Like I was- remember when the... I'm, we're getting real nostalgic about stuff now, but... Um, so I remember when the first, uh, Xbox came out because everybody and their mom were playing their DVDs on their Xboxes. Every time I'd go to somebody's house and they'd be like, want to watch a movie? I'd be like, sure. And they'd like pull up their Xbox and I'd be like, what are you doing? Like you, I know you had, I know you had a DVD player before. That was the thing. I know you had a DVD player because y'all bought one as soon as they were a thing. And now you have the Xbox and you feel like you need to play all your DVDs on it. And it's uh-huh. weird. Uh-huh. 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 It's weird. Um, so when they put out the GameCube, they develop smaller discs that have less storage mm-hmm. to help combat piracy so that people won't be able to just rip the games right off. Right. Which was smart. Smart. Yeah. It it was there were downsides to it. There wasn't enough as much storage. Like there were games that had to be stored on two discs. Right. For the GameCube. But it, it works out for them. Yeah, Titanic sense. style. Two two discs. Yeah. Except that was two VHSs, but you know what I mean. In two thousand two, Yamauchi retires as the president of Nintendo. Uh, Satoru Iwata becomes the first president of Nintendo to not be related to the company's founder. Hmm. So it was founded in 1889, and in 2002 was the first time they had a president not related they to the original founder. They take it outside the family. That's wild. Yeah, it is. And Yamauchi was president for a long yes. time. Yes, he long was. Long time since, let me see. Uh, da, da, da. I mean, we said it. You can... 1949. Since yeah. 1949. Wow. That's, that's nuts. That's nuts. In 2004, Nintendo releases their new handheld system, the Nintendo DS. Oh, you love a DS. is my jam. You still I love had a DS. An, I still love a DS. I had a Nintendo DS. It was a my A lot of people life. still love their Nintendo DSs. Yes. Like, a lot of people still use them very regularly, I feel Because like. there are great games on the when DS. When we went to, we went to a show, um, and we're at which we had to wait in line for a long time. That's, it's not super relevant. But there were, like, people there playing on their Nintendo DSs. Yeah. We took yours yeah. and I played on yeah. yours. I mean, there were also people there on their Switches, which we'll talk about later, but there were a lot of people still of people on that on DS, DS game. Yeah. 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 Um, so DS stands for dual screen. Mm-hmm. And the bottom screen was a touch screen. That was the dopest. Changed the game. But the stylus was mm-hmm. the dopest. Uh, and the success of the DS really heavily relied on the fact that all the new games were geared towards casual gaming. Yeah, like, I could play them. Nintendogs and Brain Age and like Love also Nintendogs. Nintendogs also a Miyamoto joint. Oh he yeah. He knew what he was doing. I played Brain Age at that very show where we were waiting yes, in line did. playing on your t- I love yes, it. You did. But it it relied on the fact that like people were getting like they knew they had a market for 
not like serious gamers like people criticized them for being like your games are too babyish and they were like there's a market for that sis i think that nintendo really understood that video games are not just one thing and they don't need to be competitive Uh uh-huh like video games did not start that way no you know, I mean, arcade just, games were yeah, like one-on-one competitive. They're but just that's games it. to, they're just ways to spend your time and mm-hmm. something to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And so it, that's great if you want to be competitive in your video, but like that's great for and you. And also they were producing stuff that was as serious and as competitive, yeah. but it was just packaged differently. So like yeah, Mario, totally. tell me you have it like almost killed a person over Mario Oh my God, Party. I lose my mind every single time I play any and, like, Mario game. Zelda games are difficult. They're intensive. And like that stuff. But Nintendo's Nintendo also understood that like you are not gonna get as far unless you can appeal to everybody. Mm -hmm. And especially unless you can appeal to kids. Because like the people who were playing the competitive games were like teenagers. And that's cool, but like their parents weren't gonna buy it for them. No. So that meant that those people were, those companies were making less money because your parents would buy you Nintendo games because they were educational or just fun and they weren't violent. Yeah. Like they would, they would buy you those. So they're going to make more money. The companies making those like serious video games were people like Sony and Microsoft who could afford to lose money. Totally. Nintendo couldn't because that was right. their whole market. Yeah. So yeah. In 2006, Nintendo releases their new console, the Nintendo Wii. Oh, we yes. still have still a Nintendo play it Wii. All the time. I love the Wii. I was just thinking about playing the Wii. Mm. <laughs> so the Wii is super unique among the competitors of PlayStation and Xbox because it has a really, really simplified controller. That was a big issue. People were getting so sick of so many buttons. They couldn't figure out how to play the games because there were so many buttons. And the Wii was like, it's a stick. It has four buttons on it. Have fun. (laughs) A, B, one, two, up, down, left, right. That's all you need. That's all you need. And the motion control Mm -hmm. was new to the market when the Wii comes out. Oh my God. I remember the commercials for these and just like wanting it so bad just and like parents playing sports we got it for christmas i remember I don't, it wasn't the year it came out but no. it wasn't that long after it was, it was a it couple was years the, after this maybe the next year but i can't remember when it was whenever super mario brothers we came out because we got the that game was the with first super mario you're right that you're was right. the package we got it with yeah and it was oh, man it just oh, the joy of opening that console additionally it was the first console that we had owned in our family ever we in didn't our family own game consoles so we had only ever played them at like other people's houses yeah so it was like oh, a big deal and like the family came over for christmas and we were like let's play with the wii like everybody play with the wii and it was like so it was, it was the it best. was so fun because so many people could play it yeah it was like one of the first ones where it was like you could play it with more than just two people. Mm-hmm. And that was very exciting. And it was like active and video games. It was mm-hmm. just like, oh man, the Wii is you awesome. Are, you are hitting all the notes of why oh. it was so popular. <laughs> yeah, I know. Because <laughs> it, set, it also repeat relied on that casual gaming. Yeah, like, I hit all those notes, Amanda, because I experienced yeah, all of yeah, this. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. that fitness craze. It was the family-centered. Uh-huh. It was the casual games. like But with the classic easy, games adapted for this new format, like, like The Mario easy-to-pick-up-on or... uh, controller, like all of that stuff yeah. 
made it so successful. I have to say, I was very excited I knew how to use the controller because that was yeah. the big thing. Like people at this point, my friends all had like PlayStations and stuff and I couldn't play those because it was too complicated for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't get this. I just want, you know, the four buttons mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. You are Nintendo's market. A hundred percent. Yeah. A thousand percent. I'm Nintendo's market. Um, and then shortly after, PlayStation and Xbox, Microsoft and Sony both try to copy the motion sensor because it was so successful for the Wii and they never nailed it the way mm-hmm. that the Wii did. No. Here's something very interesting. The Wii releases with Wii Sports. Right. Every Wii comes with the Wii Sports. Yes. It the best. <laughs> broke Super Mario Brothers' 18-year run as the best-selling video game. Well, okay, but it comes with the console, though. I don't so know if that counts really as... Fair. I don't know if that's how they measure it. Well, Super Mario Brothers came with the console for the original, for the NES. It was it was the package release I guess that came true. with the NES. But it but it went on that 18-year run because it was also sold other ways mm-hmm. after Wii Sports that. is sold other ways, but it's not It is now, but popular. not at the point when it broke the record. So that seems a little... <laughs> It doesn't hold the record anymore. No, I Um, understand that. But what I'm saying is, by by this point, Super Mario Brothers has set this record of 18 years because they were able to sell it in many different ways. Mm -hmm. Wii Sports breaks that record because it comes with every console and the console is popular. It's not because Wii Sports is popular. It's because everybody wants the console and it comes with the console. So in 2011, Nintendo releases the Nintendo 3DS, mm-hmm. which is I have a DS and a 3DS. The 3DS is the one I use more often because yeah. it is backwards compatible with DS games and I can get n- other games yeah. on it. So, yeah. Um it's another handheld console and the appeal of it, which I will never understand, was the glasses-free 3D experience. 3D was big back then, though. Yes, and that's why they made it. And then yeah. people were like, we want to watch 3D movies. We don't really want 3D video no, games. And not. Nintendo went, all right. <laughs> I mean, that's why your virtual reality thing failed, Nintendo. Come on. <laughs> yeah. It's not a good experience. It, yeah, I play every game with the 3D turned off. Yeah, I have no interest in it. It's not for me. Uh, in 2012, they released the Wii U, Wii U, which is basically the Wii, but it has a handheld gamepad, so it acts as another controller, and right. it, it like changes the way that you can play games. So the new games that were developed for the Wii U uh, included that handheld controller, and it did it was it did some very interesting stuff. The graphics were nice on the Wii U, mm-hmm. like the picture was really nice. When I look at the Wii U versus our Wii, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I'm like, this looks, ours looks kind of busted, just comparatively. Yeah. Just because the, the graphics were so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither console sold as well as Nintendo was expecting. They actually had to drop the price of the 3DS, like, by almost half to be able to, like, actually sell it. Huh. <laughs> and Which was fine, because, like, they... they broke on it you know they, they broke even on it sure. or whatever but they the they usually don't price drop their consoles until like way way late in the game but like in the like first year of, yeah <laughs> yeah in the first year of its release they had to cut the price mm. because it just wasn't selling the way they thought they were going to sure but because neither console sold as well as they were expecting to in 2013 the company had a 30 percent dive in their profits and i think it was like one of the first years that they had a significant loss Hmm. in profits like since they've existed 
Uh, and Iwata took a 50% pay cut to help the company regain the money that they lost wow. on both of those consoles. Mm-hmm. And their other executives took 20 to 30% pay cuts as well. Wow. Doesn't doesn't Nintendo, am I wrong about this, don't they also now make those kits where people that like kids can like build oh we'll talk things? about it in a okay. second oh hold up okay um on july 11th 2015 iwata died from a bile duct tumor oh my gosh yeah uh tatsumi kimishima uh became the new president later that year in 2015 the company announced they would start developing mobile games and a few of those have come out since then uh, and in 2017, Nintendo released the Nintendo Switch, which is a combination console and handheld system. The envy of all who can. And I want it. one more than anything. Well, you're not going to get one during quarantine because there's something like hotcakes. I am aware because I got some money for my graduation and thought, I'm going to buy myself a Switch. And as soon as I decided I was going to buy myself a Switch, they sold out everywhere, and now yeah. I spend every day was... checking to see if they come back into stock or not. And that was the restock. Yeah. Because they sold out so quickly of the first. Yeah. yeah. This is, um, you know what? I'll tell you something. This quarantine's doing a lot for Nintendo's business, and they didn't ooh, actually yeah. need it because they were already selling the Switch Correct. pretty well. Yeah. Correct. Because it's a genius console. It is a combination Home console handheld device, and they Dope. sell just a handheld version if people want just the handheld. I looked into it because I thought about getting you one, and then I was like, still too expensive. And I know you want the whole thing, but I thought about because I knew you wouldn't be able to get your hands on it. I thought about getting you one of the Aww. ones, but it was too expensive. I'm yeah. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> sorry it's to break right. it to you. <laughs> um, here on our podcast with lots of people listening, <laughs> um, but it. It has just, like, been as wildly successful as everything that they've ever made. Like, mm-hmm. they just know what they're doing. And that thing that Except you were talking about. Except for the about, virtual boy. <laughs> yep, yep. Poor, poor, poor that thing you boy. were talking about is called Nintendo Labo. Yes. It's it. cardboard that they that you build and then you, you put the controllers for the Switch in certain places and then you play games with the cardboard. As your controller. As your controller. Yeah, it's So there's, cool. like, things where you can be a robot, or you can turn it into a keyboard, or you can make a fishing rod. But it's it, like, amazing. teaches you how to build and, like, mm-hmm. mechanics of things. It's I watched very this cool. really great Polygon video about... It's it's short, but it was it's called like the incredible history of Nintendo or something like that that they made when Labo was announced, and it was talking about how like the beauty of Labo, aside from the like kids are building things and making toys, is that it's like so exactly their roots. Like, oh yeah, it's oh, toys yeah. and it's cardboard and it's like yeah. that simple. It just goes exactly, and back. it's something you like make yourself, and it's yeah. like yeah, that's it's very cool. Yeah. And then this is one last detail. We have didn't talk about Nintendo of America very much because most of the time it was just wrapped right up into Nintendo. Sure. But I wanted to mention this man, and I find this fact delightful. In 2019, Reggie Fils-Aimé, who is one of the most weird, delightful human beings, <laughs> retired as president of Nintendo of America, and the new president's name is Doug Bowser. Bowser! His name is Doug Amazing. Bowser. And he is the president of Nintendo of America. <laughs> and I think it's great. It was meant to be. It was meant to be. Anyway, that's Nintendo. It's a really good topic. 
Thanks. I was I really was not expecting it to be this long, but we just got very nostalgic, and I should have known. There's a lot of nostalgia for me with Nintendo because it was something that I craved but never really had for a long time. And that's just what it does. Like they've created so many wonderful video games that are so iconic, and like as a just a kid who liked the idea of video games but could never get into them, things like. I could just go to my friend's house and play Mario Party and it was so low commitment and so much fun that like, why would I not just go do that? And it's not that like our parents were depriving us or didn't want us to play video games. It's just that that was like not something that was like, I guess we as a family like valued putting our money into. Yeah, yeah. Which um, is fine. <laughs> until it until it became a thing we could all do together and with the right. Wii. And yeah. then it was like, oh, we can do that together. Cool. We, we Our dad that. got so good at Mario Kart. It was crazy. He's pretty good at Mario Kart. He got like committed to being good at Mario he Kart. He bought gaming chairs yeah. so that he could sit in them and play Mario Kart. <laughs> yes. And I'm still better. You're really good at Mario Kart. I'm very Kart. good at Mario Kart. It's the one video game that I say that I'm good at. You're pretty good at Super Mario Brothers, too. Thank you. You're, be- I mean, you're better than me, that's for sure. I'm very bad at it. <laughs> the only video game that I'm good at is Street Fighter. That's it. That's the yeah, only Yeah, you one. are so much better than me at Street Fighter. It's crazy. I'm really good at that. I one. get so excited to play Street Fighter, and I always lose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sorry about it. That was a good topic, sis. Thank you. And um, history's great, but today is good too. What's your favorite thing about modern times? This is oh, modern God times. <laughs> this is modern times. This is a segment of the podcast where we talk about things that we like about the here and now. Yes. Is that what I usually say? I don't I know. I think so. I'm brain dead today, so. It's all right. Um, do you want to go first? You want me to go sure. First? Sure, I'll go. Okay. Mine is related to the topic because it's what I've been thinking about. <laughs> People who play video games on the internet, like let's play. You mean like, or like Twitch streamers, or less that, but most, but similar in theory. I okay. there are lots of issues with video game culture, and I'm aware of that. Yeah, oh, 100%. and I don't love all people who play video games on the internet. No, no, no. But no, no, the no, 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 idea no. of people playing video games so that people like me who cannot afford video games can enjoy them. And yeah. understand them and experience them and make become a part of that culture is wonderful. Like, I love so many games that I've never been able to play because I just find them so delightful. And I love, like, watching somebody play. It's like watching a TV show to me. Like, watching somebody play this story I was going to say that. Yeah. It's so interesting to me. I never thought that I would enjoy. I don't watch a lot of Let's Play stuff. Basically, I just watch Hank Green and his wife play Super Mario Brothers, yep. which they don't do as much now, but, like, I watch their old videos of it a lot. And then I watch John Green play FIFA, which yep. is the best. Um, and that's very different. Like, it, it's not the same as the rest of the sort of let's play, mm-hmm. like, genre. Um, but I just, like, never thought that I would enjoy it. But it's just something about – I think it's, like – their commentary and i like seeing how well they do or don't (laughs) play the game Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. i think with those particular channels it's like kind of fun because they're not like experts and they're not really playing to win they're just playing to play and it's fun um and then of course the john green thing is like a whole different story because he makes up like backstories and it's a narrative and it's great um but and now they like sponsor a professional football club from that is playing a yeah. FIFA, which is wild. Yeah, like 
It's just, like, it's very cool. Uh, so I watch a lot of the Game Grumps, and I yeah. love them because it's improv comedy that they do yeah. while they play, because they're comedians. But then it's all, also, like, I get to experience games. So, like, Undertale is one of my favorite video games, and for a long time, I couldn't play it because I didn't own it and i didn't have a way to own it and i didn't have money because mm-hmm. i was young when it came out so I didn't, I didn't have money to buy that game but i loved it so much it's such a good storytelling game and i got to experience it because those people like played it on the internet i just think totally. it makes video games more accessible and i'm yeah. always down for that and that's why i like them so much that's a good one thank you you ready for mine yes <laughs> it's very different good drugstore beauty products I was so she spit out her water not expecting <laughs> that at all. I'm so down. I just you said drugstore and I like didn't know what to do with myself. Drugstore slash convenience store beauty products. I'm into it. I um you know, beauty products are expensive. And it's I'm not saying that I don't buy expensive beauty products because sometimes I do. Like, I have very sensitive skin, so I can only really use certain things. And the things that I use just happen to be a little pricier, even though I buy, like, the cheapest stuff at the expensive stores. Like, I buy the cheapest stuff at Sephora, but it's still, like, at Sephora. You know right, what I mean? Right, right, But I'm talking, like, face masks like i have two drugstore face masks sitting on my little table over here which i will be using soon like they're i love them they're so inexpensive they make you feel good you know it's just like it's accessible i like makeup that's accessible yeah yeah oh yeah just like cheap ways to like make yourself feel good i think it's especially right now because we're still in quarantine just like i need a little something that makes me feel good mm-hmm. you know what i mean mm-hmm. like, that's a really good one thanks and i also just watched trixie mattel do an entire uh face of her makeup trixie mattel's a drag queen if you don't know um uh an entire face of of makeup with just wet and wild products and i was like okay Okay. I love that. Because it still turned out good. And you could, even during the video, she's like, "Mm, this is not great. But, like, it looks fine. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I mean? So it's like, that's just, like, the general attitude I have towards, like, drugstore products. It's like, you know, it's probably not the best quality, but, like, it's fine. Yeah. And if it makes you feel good, who cares? Do it. Love that. That's a good one. So that's my modern times. Love that. Uh, So thank you guys for listening. That was a really good topic, Amanda. Thank you. It was um, so fun. I was originally going to do something way more depressing, and then I decided, this is too depressing. Let's do something fun. Yeah, I don't know what my next topic is going to be. I mean, just knowing me, it'll probably be a little depressing. Because <laughs> that's the kind of stuff I pick. Um, so I don't know what's coming up next. But if you have topic suggestions or if you have questions or comments or whatnot um we'd love to hear them and you can send them to us at remember that pod at gmail.com and you can also follow us on twitter at rtt pod and we're also on facebook if you just look up the name of our um, podcast mm-hmm. and um if you want to send us like a rating or review on itunes or wherever you listen to the podcast that would be awesome um recommend it to a friend share it with somebody that would be great um if you want to find me on the internet i am at the real anna webb and i'm at acw nerdfighter cool hope everybody's staying safe and yeah staying you know mostly together Uh uh (laughs) if uh possible Uh healthy and we'll talk to you later yeah so uh until next time remember that time